to the Compliance Plus Ethics Equals Integrity podcast, featuring Barry Dunn, healthcare practice group professionals and expert guests discussing their insights into contemporary as well as perennial healthcare regulatory, revenue integrity, general compliance, and risk management topics. I'm Regina Alexander, Director of Independent Review Organization Services. I'm joined for this episode by reimbursement expert Olga Gross-Balzano, and we'll be discussing how healthcare organizations can leverage the Medicare cost reporting process to identify compliance gaps and revenue integrity opportunities. Before we get into our discussion, just a quick disclaimer. The content we discuss in this podcast is based on our professional experience advising healthcare providers, facilities, and other organizations engaging Barry Dunn for independent review organization, revenue integrity, government program compliance, and credentialing support services. While we may reference specific government programs, Medicare and Medicaid policies, and regulatory guidance, we do not speak for CMS, the HHS OCR, the HHS OIG, the DOJ, or any other government agency or contractor, nor do we have the authority to do so. Nothing in this podcast should be considered legal advice. Anyone seeking legal advice on the subjects we discuss should consult their own attorney. Now that we have that out of the way, I'd like to introduce Olga Gross-Balzano. Olga is a senior manager in our healthcare and not-for-profit groups. She has over 20 years of long-term care experience, including eight as a skilled nursing facility and residential care facility administrator. Olga is a certified public accountant, and she holds several specialty credentials, including as a licensed nursing home administrator. Olga focuses on senior living consulting services related to revenue cycle optimization, process improvement, and regulatory compliance. So Olga, what did I miss? Nothing, Regina. Great introduction, thank you, and I'm thrilled to be here. Great, Olga. So I asked Olga to join me today on the C plus E equals I podcast because I've been pondering the extent to which compliance officers should consider including activities relative to the cost report in their annual work plans or risk assessments. Given Olga's deep expertise with both revenue cycle operations and preparing cost reports for skilled nursing facilities, I'd like to explore these ideas just a bit with her. So Olga, if you'll indulge me just a bit, before we get into the details on the cost report, what changes and trends should skilled nursing facility compliance and revenue integrity professionals be concerned about? Well, that's really a great uh, question to start with, Regina. There are a lot of recent changes and trends complicating reimbursement compliance initiatives, like it was not hard enough to begin with. First of all, of course, reimbursement environment. Transition to patient-driven payment model, also known as PDPM, as of October 2019. So we've been in this for just two years. Providers and Medicare administrative contractors have been working with PDPM for two years and there are still struggles. Another item to think about is changes with sequestration, which has been suspended for COVID public emergency period and incentive payment modifiers 
make it a little more challenging for providers to reconcile claims and payments so accounts receivable reports are not looking as clean. And when we talk about Medicare credit balance report, we know that's very important. Another thing to consider, as we look at automation and systems, there is a general trend of leaving all push notifications behind and making providers responsible for pull notifications. And we know that any change in behavior is a challenge, right? We used to receive important reports, such as paper notices of provider reimbursement through mail. And when providers have to maintain secure sign-ins, um, credentials to request and download electronic copies, we know that it's becoming a challenge. We know that number of Medicare administrative contractors transitioned all communications with providers to their portals and providers are not keeping up with the requirement. And what happens is we are missing on those important updates. Mm. It also seems that we are constantly going through system conversion or system upgrades. A number of organizations I work with resort to using parallel systems or keeping manual logs because the new software component is not fully integrated or they just simply don't trust it. And consider the way we conduct business these days. One of the biggest changes in the industry is growing turnover. People are simply not holding their same job for 20 years like they used to. Turnover results in loss of organizational history it is harder to keep up with knowledge expansion and knowledge sharing. And of course, COVID-related changes, such as restructuring job duties, competition for resources, remote work arrangements, they also contribute to diminishing capacity for preventative reimbursement compliance work. You've outlined a lot for compliance officers to think about and consider. So although you're framing these challenges, from the perspective of post-acute care facilities, it sounds like some of the same challenges we see for hospitals and other provider types apply here as well. Given the trends you've identified as a baseline for us, what tools or resources do you recommend to support revenue integrity initiatives? Well, there, there are resources available to providers and there's a lot of them. And we know that providers have a number of barriers to identifying and utilizing those resources. Probably the best resource for SNF Medicare revenue integrity, as well as hospitals and uh, any other Medicare certified providers is PEPPER. It is alarming that 2020 report download rate nationwide is only 40%. Wow, only 40%. So we might be able to blame some of that on COVID maybe, but tell me more about the PEPPER report. Can we take a step back and can you briefly explain what the report contains and how often it's made available? Absolutely. The program for evaluating payment patterns electronic report known as PEPPER summarizes provider-specific Medicare claims data statistics for services at risk for improper payments. This report is absolutely critical for any provider type submitting Medicare claims. 
and should be a part of any organization's compliance program, as it will help identify outliers for these risk areas. The report helps us understand the risk of overbilling. It is more important than ever, as the organizational claim changed so um, much due to recent public health emergencies, and we no longer can compare facilities' performance to prior years just because operations change so much. And while PEPPER was developed as a compliance tool, an analysis of the data in the report can identify opportunities for revenue cycle optimization. And as we talk about distribution schedule, that was a great question because every provider needs to know when to look for those reports. A new report is available annually for all provider types except short-term acute care hospitals. Their reports are generated quarterly. Thanks for all that great information, Olga. So given all the data in the PEPPER and the potential for leveraging the report for multiple purposes, why do you think the download rate is so low, COVID aside? That is a good question. The whole industry has been stressed with COVID and putting down fires and resources are just limited. So we see diminishing focus on preventative compliance measures and it is alarming, of course. In addition, turnover is definitely a factor as only a limited number of management positions may access that report. You know, that makes a lot of sense, Olga. Um, when I was an HIM director in an acute care hospital, these reports, this is how long it's been, these reports did come in paper format, in the mail, and depending on who got the package, you know, we're, you're chasing down in the mail room to find out where your PEPPER report is. Now what we're dealing with is perhaps, again, as you say, a limited number of management may have access to the report or just a lack of awareness that it is available online. So before we pivot to discussing Medicare cost reports specifically, you also mentioned other resources providers can access besides the PEPPER. Yes. Another great tool is PSNR, Provider Statistics and Reimbursement Report, right? Current trends with PSNR are similar. Providers who outsource cost report preparation frequently do not review PSNR because it is the vendor's or business partner who pulls that report and reviews it. At Berry Dunn, we do not only provide PSNR to our client, but encourage conversation about the billing patterns we see from it. I think it's really important. SNFs are subject to consolidated billing rules, which means that all services provided to patients under Medicare SNF stay should be included in patient claim. With the transition to PDPM, patient-driven payment model, the institutional claim should support the payment classification assigned by minimum data set assessments or known as MDS. Well, Olga, this sounds a lot like what I'm used to in the hospital world with DRGs. And you gave us a lot of great tips so far. And you've also cued me up to nicely transition to the core of our discussion about the Medicare cost report. So for our listeners, Unfamiliar with the why and the how of cost reports, I'm going to do my best here, Olga. 
Medicare cost reports are used to report expenses for different types of Medicare reimbursable services and facilities. Types of facilities typically required to file a cost report, SNFs, home health agencies, hospices, rural health clinics, federally qualified health centers, comprehensive outpatient rehabilitation facilities or course, and as we mentioned, acute care hospitals. So every facility must complete and file a cost report on a yearly basis, with some extenuating circumstances requiring more frequent cost reports. Filing delays can affect a facility's reimbursement, and cost reporting within a healthcare organization is typically performed by the finance department. However, the fact that the data on the cost report is used for a wide variety of purposes by CMS, including setting PPS, prospective payment system rates, wage indexes, dish adjustments, which means disproportionate share, outlier payments. The reports would seem to have significant compliance as well as revenue integrity implications. When we first started planning this podcast episode, Olga, and talking about the connection of the Medicare cost report to compliance and revenue integrity for skilled nursing facilities, you mentioned the cost report provides limited opportunities for enhancing revenue. So providers frequently view it as a mandated compliance type task that can be easily outsourced. Can you elaborate more on that thought you had? It is very true that skilled nursing facilities have very few Medicare cost report reimbursement opportunities. They relate to Medicare bad debt, utilization review, and vaccine cost reimbursement. It is also true that in 2020, according to S-filed Medicare cost reports, 28% of the SNFs nationwide outsourced their cost report preparation to a business partner. So the prevalence of outsourcing the cost report preparation task explains why you proposed the title for this episode as you can't outsource accountability. Two plus two equals 3.5. Given your prior experience as both a SNF administrator and now serving in the capacity of a third party preparing cost reports for SNFs, do you have any additional specific tips or insights on what non-finance compliance professionals like myself need to know and ask about cost reports within their organization? Excellent question. Consider this. Medicare cost report is signed not by the preparer, but by an officer of the company. And officer of the company is attesting that information provided in the cost report is true. Max require that organizations use PSNR, to prepare their cost reports. And PSNR reflects organizational claims, which reach far beyond finance department's responsibility. It is truly summary of work done by admissions, clinical team, medical director, management, and vendors. Your institutional claims summarized in PSNR and utilization review reimbursement claimed on the cost report reflect contract compliance activities for professional and ancillary services. And as I mentioned, SNFs are subject to consolidated billing. 
And while non-compliance may be stemming from lack of knowledge or controls in just one department, the results of non-conformance to CMS requirements are affecting the whole organization. And consider Medicare bad debts claimed on cost report. Providers have to attest that their Medicare claims collections follow standard policy. Do you know if your organization has a policy? When was it last reviewed? Are you using collection agency? Sometimes cost report feels like Pandora's box, truly. Wow. Um, and I think, Olga, you know from working with me, I'm always asking about policies and procedures. So that was a great point. And it sounds like Pandora's box is an apt metaphor for the cost report generally. But it also sounds like a box worth opening to discover opportunities to close compliance gaps. It also sounds like you try to find creative ways to support SNF providers in this environment of constant change. We do. As we prepare cost reports and see that, that two plus two does not always add up to four, we developed resources to help those new to skilled nursing facility reimbursement and those new to organizations to gain more confidence in their reimbursement compliance program. I am just so excited to have partnered with experts like Cheryl Gregory in preparing an extensive but really truly easy to follow pepper checklist. We also have similar checklists for Medicare bad debts utilization review. Our approach is to outline regulatory resources, simple action steps, and considerations to gain efficiencies in revenue cycle and improve compliance. Well, Olga, thank you for reminding me about that pepper checklist you developed with some of our colleagues. We'll have to link that in the description of this podcast so everyone can see what you're talking about. And I'd also like to thank our audience for joining us for another episode of Barry Dunn's Compliance Plus Ethics Equal Integrity. Mm -hmm.